Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the EPL Roundtable. I am your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Hi, uh, my name is Mark. I'm representing Liverpool Football Club tonight. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Mark Simpson. Hi, I'm Sean Whetstone. I'm a not very happy hammer. I can't believe I came agreed to come on this podcast with Kev. <laughs> After a loss against Spurs, because he's going to gloat the whole podcast. So uh, I'm going to be pretty miserable all podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're probably not wrong, but thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start off with Mark, who I'm sure will regale us with the tale of a marvelous win over Manchester City yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh... I got the the text from yourself about well, about four o'clock asking me if I'd come on the podcast tonight, and I think it only took me less than a minute to reply back saying absolutely. <laughs> uh, Especially after you called the Coutinho performance on Thursday. Yeah, well, the the, the fantasy choice of Coutinho, uh, I, well, I went with Coutinho over Firmino just because I know he's got previous against City, um, but the both the Brazilians did absolutely superb. Firmino coming out with the man of the match, two assists and a goal. Coutinho an assist and a goal and just for just for that, that first half it's probably my if, if Man City hadn't scored that that late consolation goal in the first half that would have been my favourite half of football since the Arsenal game where we uh, where we absolutely destroyed them at home it was it was it was unbelievable counter-attacking football at, at its finest making making mockery of a very shaky Man City defence Mangala was having thankfully one of those days and we just capitalised um, City only had one shot on target in that first half, and that was a world strike from uh, world class strike, sorry, from Aguero. And you know we're just just very good at the football, and it was a masterclass from from um, Klopp and his team. He could have quite easily gone with Benteke up front, but they sort of saw the weaknesses in that in that Man City defence, and by going with Firmino without a recognised striker, they just didn't know what to do with. With three buzzing forwards, with backed up by Milner's just persistent being an asshole, just, just getting everywhere, just constant, just getting at the the, the midfielders, not letting time, and just took full advantage of a Yaya Torre and and uh, a Fernando midfield, which you know Yaya Torre, it's been well documented, he, he struggles in a two just because of his, his his lack of pace, and we took full advantage of it, and second half. You know, you could. I mean, the fans were nervous. I was nervous, and you know, I think some of the players were nervous. But as soon as Aguero goes off, that instantly just gave everybody the confidence that that, that City aren't going to do anything here. You know, um, Aguero is a world class striker, but the guy that was coming on for him is is a kid, and you know, you could tell as soon as he got the ball, he just blazed one over. So 
you get the fourth and you're just thinking, now, Christ, we could go get five or six here at the Etihad. And I don't think I've let that many goals in at home in, in, a, in a hell of a long time. And we haven't won there for a long time, not since 2008. So it's amazing, you know. It, it's, it's, we are now the, I said to someone last night on text, I said, with a, with a West Ham at the start of the season, we can't win at home, but we can, win, we can win away and we can win away to the big teams. And you'd look at our fixtures coming up. We've got to take full advantage of this now. We're sort of averaging one point, uh, 1.5 points uh, a game at the moment. And I think for Champions League, you need to be averaging a sort of two-point mark a, a, a game. So we've got to take full advantage now for, for Christmas and up until February. We don't really play another top team. And if we can crack on and sort our home form out and get these players back from injury, it, it's just it's looking really interesting now this season. And uh, I think it's between us and Spurs at the moment for that <clears throat> third and fourth place. Yeah, and, and we'll delve into that much more later. Uh, I guess kind of a question coming away from this match is, we all know Klopp is a little crazy in a good way. Um, and this kind of muddled front line attacking from all kinds of different angles was very successful. How do you see Serge or Benteke fitting back in? Is it possible you could try to stick with this in the long term, or do you think it was just applied for this match and happened to work out? I, f- I think it was applied for this match. Um, you can see the role that Firmino played yesterday, Danny Sturridge can easily do that role, uh, quite easily lead the line. Um, you see then Firmino dropping into to second forward. You'll have Coutinho as left forward. And Jordan Henderson's the key in all of this. Um, I think he comes into that midfield and he can play two roles. He can play the, the right central midfielder, but he can also play the attacking, attacking right forward position as well, uh, just because he's that, he's that good. That would mean less game time for people like Lallana, for Milner, but, and for Benteke. But this is, a, this is a squad game. And the way that Klopp plays football, after 60 minutes, we, you need to use your subs bench. And he's the manager who will use his subs bench when and where needed. Um, I think moving forward, you're, you're more likely to see a midfield of, uh, you know, Shan, um, uh, Lucas and Henderson. Um, and then you'll see the front three, which would be Firmino. Uh, you then have Coutinho and, and Sturridge up top. If Sturridge isn't playing, you play Benteke. But it's, if, if, uh, it's a game where you don't need Benteke to start and you come off the subs bench and you can play Firmino. It's, it's the beauty of having a lot of very flexible and very good football players is that he now has a few sort of formations that he can, he can play. Well, not formations, he's got a few different type of players in, in different roles. And, he's, and the most important thing, where Rogers sort of, this is where Rogers failed. Rogers tried to be too cute, a little bit clever. He's playing players in positions that they want to be playing in. He's not, he's not shifting Amarkovic out to, to, to right back or putting Sterling at left wing back, you know, mad things like that, or putting Sean at right centre back. He's, he's putting players in the players that, in positions that they want to play and he's seen, uh, and he's given them the belief to do it. And he's, he's, he's a crazy guy, Klopp. Like you said, he's mental, but he's, he's, he's like a hypnotist. He just, he just draws you in. And I can see exactly how the players are buying into what he's saying. And this is, this is only like six or seven weeks into the job. And if, if he can sort of get in the players that he wants, and, you know, it, it just looks like a match made in head on at the moment. I mean, it could go all tits up. But at the moment, I, I, I'm just loving this this, uh, this this brand of football, just the way the Liverpool is at the moment. The fans are all united, which is good to see. And uh, yeah, just mint signs. And you know, you can only get better when you've got the likes of Sturridge and Henderson back next weekend, really. 
Yeah, and speaking of match uh, matches made in heaven, just a very quick take on rumors of Rogers potentially taking the Newcastle job. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think he'd be crazy. I think he'd be best off holding tight, um, taking a break, which he does need a, a break. And I reckon he should just wait till the summer. Newcastle's a poison chalice. It's like the Sunderland job. It's a, it's a poison chalice. You, you can't mm. get the players that you want. No one wants to live up there. Uh, if he goes to Newcastle, he's got a lunatic owner in Ashley. He's got a, a, an insane setup around him. Um, if he takes it, he, he's stupid. But obviously, they'll be throwing a lot of money at him. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, and uh, now we'll head over to Sean. Uh, what was your view from the match today, despite perhaps being disappointing? Shit. All right. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it's probably been bleeped out by now. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know. First 15 minutes, we held Spurs back. Um, but it, it just collapsed, you know, on 22 minutes, the goal came and we just went into shock. I mean, the tactics were wrong. The players didn't turn up. You know, we've all said, oh, we've got this, you know, big squad. We won't mix Payet. Well, we didn't give a very good example today. Um, we just... and. and and I'm going to lay into Andy Carroll a bit. I mean, we just don't seem to play properly when we put Andy Carroll in the team. You know, Andy Carroll and Sacco, it just didn't work for us. You know, the only ray of hope is when that was overhead scissor kick from Coyote to uh, hit yeah. the bar. And that was our one ray of hope. Um, I'm not even going to count Lazini. Lazini's solo goal... You know, at the end was great, but it was all done and dusted. Kyle Walker made three consecutive mistakes to allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, it... It, it, was, a, it was a great touch by Lanzini, like, not to take it away from him, but it never should have been in that situation. So I'm a bit depressed, to be honest. I mean, the only good thing is we're still sixth place. Uh, Chelsea is still 15th place. Um, so so there is some good in the world. Um but it's really been overshadowed as well. Uh, and, and this is breaking news as, as we come or record this. You know, uh, our thoughts are with the uh, 35-year-old West Ham fan who reports have come in. He was stabbed just before the game. And, you know, with what's been going on in Paris and everything else, we thought we'd put this behind us in football. And um, it just brings it home that, you know, we don't know who's responsible. We're not blaming Spurs. It might not be football-related. All we know is a West Ham fan was airlifted to a London hospital after being stabbed. Um, and that, that, that sort of put a mockers on the whole thing. Uh, but, yeah, nothing to write home about. I don't really want to talk about... I, I will say who disappointed later when we get to that point. Uh, but it, after waiting two weeks in international break, to come back to this, I'm slightly disappointed and slightly pissed off at the moment. We need to do better. Yeah, that's entirely understandable. I, I think I saw it much as you did that for the first 20 minutes, West Ham were really disrupting us, uh, forcing a whole lot of passbacks. We would get somewhat into their uh, final third and then have to pull it back again as they kind of reset up defensively, which I know Billich had mentioned coming into the match as kind of being the objective. Uh, and then, yeah, as soon as Kane scored the first, everything kind of seemed to crumble. Uh, tactically, you know, Diafra Sacco, mainly a striker. You mentioned how Andy Carroll there uh, wasn't perhaps the best. And a lot of these shifts, I assume, are because Payet moved. But would Lancini on the right with Sacco up front not have been the better choice? Yeah, as I said, I think, you know, Bilic has had a sort of the honeymoon period's over. I think he can be criticised 
today of getting some of the tactics wrong. Do you know, for the life of me, we spent £7 million on Mikel Antonio. Yeah. When is he going to get his chance? It had, you know, instead of bringing Zarate on, why not bring on Mikel? You had nothing to lose. It was a perfect time to bring on uh, Antonio and see what he's made of. And, and I don't know, we just... Bad day of the office. Just really bad day of the office. Yeah, and you got to kind of feel uh, a little bad because, you know, we've talked many times about Bournemouth having to deal with all of their injury things. Like, Payet was beginning to prove himself to be one of the most consistently great midfielders in the Premier League. And so to lose him, obviously still scrambling. Although I kind of agree with your two-week thing, that this is what you've come back to with two weeks to prepare for how to deal with that. And then this is what came out. I, I can definitely understand the frustration there. From a Spurs perspective, uh, everything went great, save for Della Ali's yellow card, um, which means he won't be able to face Chelsea, and probably Kyle Walker, who after scoring a great goal outside of the boot, inside of the net, uh, like I said during Sean's part, when I so rudely interrupted him, Kyle Walker made three consecutive errors that allowed uh, Lancini a chance to put in what was an excellent finish, uh, high and into the corner above Lloris. Um, but, yeah, would have loved to keep the clean sheet, uh, not just for fantasy purposes, but because Tottenham's defense has been so sound all season, but every match it seems like one error allows a goal, and that must be very frustrating for Pochettino, of course, a former defender himself. But, yeah, everything else seemed to be going pretty well. I have no idea what happened on the Kane breakaway on the one-on-one when he tried to take it with his left, and it just I, nearer to to a throw-in. Uh, not sure what that was all about, but did score two goals. Uh, Adri- Adrian probably could have done better on the one from distance. Um, yeah, seems like he's blamed himself, by the way. He's come out on he? Twitter as he yeah. always does because he's 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 a very honest and he he apologised uh, to the fans and uh, fair play to him. Yeah, always... It seemed like he had just set himself for where he thought it was going to be, and then it was just somewhere else. It was kind of strange. He's he's a terrific um, goalie, and yeah. um, you know, make mistakes. And I think the whole team did. And he can't take it in, himself. You know, we were out of it already. To be fair, uh, yeah. long before. So um, I, I'll tell you what he says. He says, and this is twenty five minutes ago when we were calling this bad and hard result today. Just to say sorry to all West Ham fans, without a doubt. We will keep on working harder and improving for the next game. Come on, you Irons. Now, yeah. that, that's a good player that he, he comes out and apologises to, to fans. And he loves it. He's really passionate and um, fair play to him. Yeah, I, I know we had an episode a few weeks ago that was about how uh, leaders aren't always captains. And that sounds like a very solid leadership kind of move from him. Uh, coming yeah. out and, and saying stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do credit to him. And I, I've liked Adrian. Like we did the preview for you this week. Uh, and last year when we did one of those, I, I said Adrian was one of the players I really would have liked to have at Tottenham. Uh, is an excellent goalkeeper uh, on his day. But anyway, uh, yeah, for Tottenham, Toby all the world constantly gets to make uh, near post runs all the time. Got his his meaty head on a, on a really nice cross in from Christian Eriksen on the corner, who sometimes struggles <laughs> taking corners, but that one was very well done. Like I said, Kane scored two, Kyle Walker with an excellent goal himself. Uh, so, yeah, all in all, very pleased. We got to see Josh Onoma again, and he impressed yet again. I'm hoping we get to see him midweek. Uh, what the Della Ali suspension means is we'll probably also see him in Europa League as he's suspended for the Chelsea match. And then I would assume we would see Dyer and Dembele as our holding midfielders with Lamela Eriksson and Son. 
across the the three a little more advanced than that. Uh, so yeah, only time will tell. But Onoma looks very very good, and uh, it's it just every week we seem to find another youth player that continues to impress. Um, so yeah, all, all looking uh, up at Tottenham at the moment. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And so because of that, uh, some people are starting to talk top four. One article came out talking title for Tottenham. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but anyway... It's crazy because as we sit deluded. here... Deluded. As Sam Allardyce said, you're deluded. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> but uh, as we... It was Safu uh, that wrote it, wasn't it? <laughs> it must Seifu have been. wrote it. Come on. <laughs> Hashtag blame Seifu. Um, but that aside, we are almost at the conclusion of match week 13 with Crystal Palace yet to play Sunderland. Neither of them could take first place from Leicester, who are currently still in first uh, fun stat that was floating around the internet yesterday. Uh, I think it was six teams have conceded 20-plus goals, and they're placed 15th through 20th and first in the table. <laughs> Bless those defense a little leaky. Obviously, they have a bunch of tough fixtures coming up. So assuming you guys don't think Leicester will win the Premier League, who do you think is in it? Because we just saw Manchester City falter a little bit. United are having a hard time getting it going. Arsenal lose against West Brom. Tottenham have a tremendous result. Liverpool, obviously, the team that beat City. So who do you think is really uh, in line to win the title? And short of that, who who do you think will end up in that top four? Uh, I'll go first. And, uh, Man City. I, I still, even though yesterday's result, I just think it's theirs to lose. There's still a, a lot of football to go. And um, they're, they're still without, well, obviously, Aguero played yesterday, but they're missing two of their best players in Silver and Aguero. And I think they'll they'll just... Get themselves together and they will crack on. If they do falter and fade away, um, you know, I, I would like to see Arsenal. You know, if, um, I, I know obviously Kev and uh, potentially Sean are, are disagreeing with them, but I, I, I do like Wenger. I think it'd be a nice. If, I think if he wins the league, he'd probably maybe bow out. Even it'd be good to see. 
But I, I do like how Arsenal go about business, uh, and it, it would be nice to see them. And they are a team that could potentially get their act together. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I would love to say Liverpool, but we're nowhere near ready. If we can get top four this season, it's an amazing achievement, especially from where, when you replace a manager as well, um, and from the position where we uh, were coming from to get top four would be huge. Um, I know maybe someone might say Man United, but I just personally feel post Christmas they've got an implode button somewhere sitting uh, somewhere. I can see it happening, especially if um, Real Madrid come back in hard for De Gea in January, which is every chance they could do. Seeing they're going to be getting a new manager soon, they, they might be uh, going out to uh, get a new goalkeeper to go with it. Uh, but yeah, so for me, what are your thoughts on these Rogers to Real Madrid room? <laughs> <laughs> if, if that happens, um, head, head for those that are listening, I, I hope everyone knows that that was very sarcastic. That's <laughs> not happening. Um, there's, there's more chance of Brent and Rogers uh, getting the job. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Man City for me, Arsenal um, definitely won't be Chelsea. Definitely won't be Chelsea. They'll just break records to finish higher than six from the position they they, they were uh, last week. So, but yeah, Man City's to lose, in my opinion. Is that kind of what you're thinking as well, Sean? Uh, no, I think West Ham can still do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. How about Leicester City, right? Come yeah. on, right? If Vardy scored, carried on scoring every single match from now to the end of the season, wouldn't that be fantastic that a <laughs> team... Would. The Tinker Man could prove all the pundits and everybody wrong to say a team without the financial backing could achieve, you know, it would be unprecedented in the whole of the Premier League. Um, because even when um, uh, Blackburn won it, it was when, you know, what's his name? Jack Walker, was it? Who, who, who pumped the money in. You can usually buy the Premier League. So I would love... Uh, Leicester City to uh, win the league uh, as they sit top today. But we all know in reality, uh, the longer it goes on, if Arley gets injured, uh, you know, they're not going to win the league. Can I just uh, add so... one thing? Sorry, very quickly there, Sean. Sorry to jump in. Just to add yeah. on to your point, it would be amazing. Um, but there's a really interesting tweet that came out earlier on today. Uh, seven Premier League teams have allowed 20-plus goals so far this season. Yeah, They're was. currently in 20th, 19th, 18th, 17th, 16th, 15th, and 1st. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's it's the Liverpool of, of two years <laughs> if, ago. If you know? Vardy scores every game, it offsets the goal that they're conceding every game. <laughs> Well, yeah. Suarez tried his best to do that for Liverpool a couple of years ago, but it caught up with us in the end. And you know what they say, goals win games, but clean sheets wins championships. And and uh, it would be a fairy tale if, if a team out of the norm were to come and do it. And, and of all the seasons, this is a mad season. This could be one. But I think here come, come what may, the, the, the world will just sort itself out. Yeah. So let's be realistic. I don't think it will happen. You know, West Ham were fourth, briefly third in December last year, uh, and then on Boxing uh, on Christmas Day we were fourth, and yet we we finished twelfth uh, in the Premier League. So you know, the second half of the season, it's tough. You need decent breadth and depth of squads. My money, uh, just to be slightly different, is on Manchester United. Actually. Yeah. Um, I'm a finance man. When I like to blog, I like to talk about finances. And if you look historically, 
the people with the biggest pockets, the biggest turnover, are the ones most likely consistently to win the Premier League. And by a long way, and Manchester United have got the biggest turnover by far in the Premier League, followed by Manchester City, followed by Chelsea, followed by Arsenal, followed by Liverpool, followed by Spurs. And, you know, if you look at it over a period of time, consistently, that's that's where their average positions finish. Um, so, yeah, why can't Manchester United? They're, they're in the mix at the moment. We know... Man City have been beaten by Liverpool. They've been beaten by West Ham. And I forget who else Man City have been beat. Chelsea are out of it this year. Tottenham beat them. Uh, yeah, Tottenham beat them as well. Arsenal, do you know what? I haven't got a problem. If there's a, if there's a London club I'd like to win the Premier League, it would be Arsenal. It wouldn't be Spurs. Sorry, Kev. A West Ham um, Arsenal sympathiser. So, uh, but my money... Uh, will be on. I'm, I'm putting my my ten bob on uh, a Manchester United uh, title this year. Um, I don't I don't like the guy LV, LVG, but is, is it? I can't even remember his initials. But yes. uh, <laughs> LVG. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know they shout. What do they shout? Attack! 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 Do they the um, the, the the fans because they think he's, he plays a bit boring football. He's no Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, <laughs> but I, I still think he, they can do it. I still think they can be in the mix. They're the ones dropping least points lately. They got off to a slow start, but um, you know, Man, Man City and Chelsea seem to be imploding, and Arsenal seem to be inconsistent. So uh, let's see. Red Devils for me. Yeah, uh, Manchester United is is my dark horse. I still think City have an excellent chance and are probably front runners only because if you look at how many times Aguero and Silva have both been on the pitch for them, uh, I think it's three or four out of the whole season, and they're about to get both back with Silva likely to return at the weekend. So the fact that they were able to cover over that with the, the brilliance of De Bruyne this whole time Obviously, Aguero scoring at the weekend in a loss, though, uh, to Liverpool. I think they're about to come back. But in a very similar vein, what you're saying about Manchester United uh, have an excellent chance. And, Mark, you actually provided excellent uh, fodder for this argument with uh, clean sheets win championships, with Manchester United having the best defensive record in the league still. Uh, I think the goal conceded was the first one in something like 10 hours of football. It, they, they, their defense is... Okay, well... It doesn't seem like that defense should be as good as it is, for, is step one. Um, I do not think that they're the most talented defense in the league, despite that record. But they perform well as a unit. They did have to mix things up a little bit uh, at the weekend with the under-Herrera injury, pushing Daly Blint back up into the midfield, where he also plays, bringing in Marcus Rojo. Uh, but still performed well and admirably. So yeah, Manchester United, I think, still could do it. They're a very talented side and have been underperforming. But they've been underperforming to one point behind the league lead. So once they get things going, once the pie finds form, another player that scored at the weekend, if Wayne Rooney returns to form, if things like that all start to, to really work out for them, things could get very scary very fast. Uh, I do think Manchester City are, are still in the lead there. Favorites-wise, uh, what I was mentioning earlier about Leicester's schedule they have United, Swansea, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, City before the new year. Uh, so that is obviously a very tough run. Uh, but, you know, uh, to Sean's point, if Marty just keeps scoring and Mahrez just keeps assisting everyone, 
you know, who, who knows where that peak is, but we have seen this before. Maybe not at the top of the table, um, like the actual top, but last year we saw it with West Ham and Southampton. Uh, and, and usually teams like this kind of burn out a little bit. Although they do have a surprisingly deep squad, uh, which usually you, you can't say about teams that are, you know, expected to be quote unquote lower in the table. Uh, but I, I think this is a testament to what we've all talked about many times on this show and many people have spoken about elsewhere, which is that, that the parity is at its highest level in years in the Premier League. And I think you see it in all of these results that even the quote unquote worst teams, man, I'm getting a flag for that, um, have excellent players. Like, like we, we were talking in Sean's preview, not saying that West Ham are bad by any stretch. Like West Ham got Payet and Swansea got AU and Palace got Kabai and West Brom for, for all their uh, Berahino sins brought in Solomon Rondon, who's an excellent player. Um, and so you're just really starting to see all of this round out. And I, th- I think it's a great time to be a fan of the Premier League, as we talked on our last episode, Mark. Maybe not, quote unquote, the best league in the world anymore, but still excellent players throughout and, and a very exciting time to watch this league. For sure. Uh, Tottenham, no. Nope. Nope. Not not even going there at all. A 12-match unbeaten run is very impressive, but obviously that will uh, falter at some point. And I have this really annoying feeling that it's going to be against Chelsea next week. And it's just going to add to the lore around Della Ali as it would be a first loss and our first match without him in the Premier League. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think City are still favorites in terms of top four. Mark keeps uh, placating me and saying Tottenham and Liverpool to both finish top four, but unfortunately, I think only one will, um, unless something crazy happened like uh, United or Arsenal falling out of it, which I'm not sure would happen. Although Arsenal are hitting their annual injury crisis, so that that always takes a toll out of them. So we'll see how they do. Uh, I'm going to be a homer and say Tottenham, but Liverpool wouldn't surprise me. I really like what Klopp is doing. And I think uh, Liverpool, Liverpool fans are starting to see it turn around because I know some people were already worried after the Crystal Palace match. Uh, but obviously he has, he has the resume to show that he can really turn things around. I think, yeah, that top four chase is going to be really annoying. I wouldn't be surprised if Chelsea sneak back up into that four top four chase. End up, you said like they'd have to break records, but like sixth or seventh, they could be up there, start to make some noise, maybe like five to five to eight points behind the fourth place team, and people will get anxious. And you never know if Jose may, may suddenly decide that they're going to be good again. But yeah, so for me, probably City still winning the title, although I, I do agree with Sean that United definitely have a chance if they start to play some better football. Uh, we'll go City, United. Uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, I guess. Ugh, I don't love that. But anyway, <laughs> that, that's where I am. Uh, so, Mark, to, to wrap this up, do you think that Manchester United can turn it around? Obviously not a huge fan of them, but with Rooney struggling and Depay struggling and Mata not performing up to standards as well, do, do you think this is sustainable for them, that they can continue to get points from middling performances? No, and I'll tell you for why, is that Wayne Rooney will cost that football team. He, uh, he's been a captain of that team. He, he, uh, he, you know, Van Gaal has to play him, and he will play him. And he will cost that, that team. He will, he, will, he will ruin it in some way, shape or form, and I am very confident of that. Um, Van, David, David De Gea 
not going to Real Madrid on that last day of the, the, the Spanish transfer window is what's currently saving United's season at this present moment in time. And, and that is the only way. He, <clears throat> he made a couple of crucial saves again yesterday, which he's doing consistently. Yeah. He, he is that 10 to 15 point goalkeeper a season that, that Hart has been for City when they, when they win leagues. And, and he, he, is the, the, he is the difference at the moment, but you can't rely on your keeper to win yourself championships. Um, will they scru- scruff their way into fourth place like they did last year? Probably. Um, most definitely. And like you say, it will be Spurs or Liverpool to, to vouch for that fourth place. I honestly don't think Chelsea will um, will do anything. For the, I think Tottenham are going to go and beat Chelsea next weekend, and then the pressure will be back on Jose Mourinho all over again. He's got away with it these last two weeks. He's mm. he's not had a game with the international window, so it's the spotlight's been off him. And you know they got that they got that win yesterday, but I believe one loss and they're back exactly where they were a couple of weeks ago, and it's only going to keep like revolving around um, Liverpool. They have had all of their hard fixtures. Um, if you look now and see what their away fixtures are, but between now and the rest of the season, they're relatively favourable. I think we'll, we'll we'll be on a steady streak. You know, we won't win every week because we've still got a new manager who's implementing this style. But we will win more than we lose, and we we are turning into a team which is very hard to beat. Um, Palace did a did a job on us, and it was mostly our fault. We gifted them two goals, as we have done a lot of times this season, but. If Klopp can stop doing that, we get Sacco back before the year's out and and we, we, we buy well in January. I think I mean that could be a really key point um for who's gonna win the thing is and, and is who buys well in January. Uh it is a very tricky month to to buy well. And I I always go back to what you told me of your blog that you wrote uh, a few years back uh, about buying in, in January, how it can get you those extra few points depending on, mm. on the amount of money you spend. And, and, I, yeah. and I do honestly agree with that. And I think the team that buys well in January could get that extra that extra point or two, which could get them into Champions League or even a title. But this league is weird. If you get fourth, you might as well go first. You know, it's um, yeah. Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool are currently looking at fourth place, but. If you're going to head for fourth, why not go for first? It's it's literally it could be an extra couple of wins. It could be just taking that extra win. Winning at the Etihad is is massive, you know. And we've taken three points out of there. But if you look at the start of the season, you would never put three points at the Etihad next to your name, you know. And it's you just got to build on that. And we got to go now against Swansea and get that win. Uh, we've got a, a Europa League game in the week, which is a bit of a distraction, but. If Klopp's a bit clever and, and we, we we play uh, some reserve points and we just go from there, but to a, a long way round of answering your original question, United are, are gonna are gonna fail because of Wayne Rooney. Yeah, and uh, Sean, because you're the only impartial-ish one, uh, Tottenham or Liverpool with the best chance to finish fourth? Uh, Liverpool all day long. Well, don't love that, but we're gonna move on. Semi, to... semi impartial. <laughs> <laughs> like, not impartial at all, really. <laughs> what defeat? Are you think I'm gonna say Spurs? Hey, man, maybe you felt like being right. I don't know. <laughs> you're deluded. You're deluded to think you're fishful. You're deluded to Especially think Especially today. <laughs> you're deluded to think I would be impartial. <laughs> Well, uh, can't blame you for trying, or you can, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right, and from there we are going to move on to Player Watch, where he's going to mention a player that impressed and one that disappointed for us this week. And if you don't have a player that disappointed, feel free to mention a player from the opposition that you thought performed exceptionally well. We'll start off with Mark. Uh, 
player who impressed Bobby Firmino. He this was his game. This was his uh, his, his moment, and it was uh, amazing uh, to see him do it in front of the cameras and at the Etihad. Hopefully, this continues. Player who disappointed James Milner. I know a lot of Liverpool fans will probably disagree with me, but um, he could have quite easily gifted Man City uh, a goal when it was 3-1, and that would have made it 3-2, which would have made it a, li- a lot worse than, than what it could have been. And, you know, he, he works hard. It's what James Milner does. But I just think with Jordan Henderson coming in, we've got a, a, such an upgrade. Uh, so he was the one who disappointed. But from an other point of view, for Man City, it was great to see Aguero back, uh, mainly for my fantasy football team, because now he's going to be getting goals for my team. Yeah, and Sean, who impressed and disappointed for you for West Ham? Well, do you know what? If I was impartial, I might say Harry Kane, uh, but I'm not. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Lanzini, and I know I said that last time I was on, but, you know. He really I, is I know incredible. Say, he is good for what he is, and I've said it before. You know, he's made the step up from playing in, in the Middle East. Uh, it's not easy to hit the ground running in the Premier League. Uh, a bit of an unknown, and, you know, he's taken to it really well. And there's another well-taken goal. Whether Tottenham made lots of mistakes. You say Carl Walker made all the mistakes. Oh, all of them, yeah. But no, again, not, not to take anything away from the finish. It was very well, very well. Uh, so Lanzini uh, for getting the goal, the consolation goal for me, because I must say, uh, trying to pick the one that disappointed is a bit difficult um, because uh, they all disappointed, you know. Um, I think I'm going to pick local boy James Tompkins, actually. Uh Sloppy pass again, which led to one of the goals. Uh, you can't make those kind of mistakes. Oh, is it, was that the one Ericsson picked up? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the second time he's done it this season. These are supposed to be professional footballers earning, you know, I forget how much uh, James Tompkins earns, 50 grand a week. You know, inches count in this game. You've got to be inch perfect every second of every game. And you just don't expect sloppy like this in in this at this level, you know. Maybe in Sunday league football, it can be forgiven when you wake up with a hangover. But you know, we're talking, you know, the very best league in the world, the very best standard in the world, and you can't have mistakes like that. And you know, I think he deserves to be dropped, um, which is a shame because he's done some really good work this season. Um, and Ogbonna and, and Winston Reid being, you know, the two first choice uh, centre backs. But you, you don't get second. You don't get too many second chances in this game. Um, and I'm gonna. I think it's slightly unfair to pick out one player because I think so many players played played badly today. But I'm gonna pick him out for that horrible mistake that led to one of the goals. Yeah, uh, for Tottenham, obviously on the other side of that, it had a lot of players that really impressed. Um, I think. Kane is the obvious choice with the two goals that have the one really awfully fluffed chance. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off script here and go with Moussa Dembele, who we've joked many times on this pod about the Dembele uh, quip of uh, on his best day, you can't get the ball off him. And on his worst day, why would you try to? Uh, but he was just gliding through that midfield all day. Uh, and I was just very impressed. And if, if he is going to be the player he was, the first half of the 2012 season, uh, from here on out, it, it would be very impressive because we've been crying out for a central midfielder. I thought we needed to go out and bring in 
somebody with more of an eye for a pass in that position. But if he and Della Ali can continue to just run past everyone in the midfield, I think that would be great for us. And on top of, you know, Dembele isn't usually a creator, really. He, he creates space for himself and then makes a simple pass instead of making an elegant pass. But had four chances created, have five successful take-ons, three interceptions, three tackles, one, three clearances. Uh, he, he just bossed that midfield, and I was very pleased to see that. And I, it took me a while to buy back in. I've, I've been hurt by Dembele before when I thought he was going to turn things around, and then he didn't. Uh, but he's put a, together a run of about five, six matches or so where he has very been very, very impressive. And so I'm very glad to see that that's turning around. Also, Erickson did well. Danny Rose does well fairly consistently now. I guess he's good uh, now, so that's great. That's, that's really exciting. Kyle Walker obviously had the great goal, but then messed it all up with his own goal. But that's not enough to win him the player that disappointed most for me. It was Hyungman's son again. Uh, who, going into the match, Safe and I were talking about, you know, sometimes if we're facing a side that's set up to defend, which again, we mentioned, uh, Billish said it was probably going to be how they played it, uh, that the the idea of bringing in Sun was that he was able to break down defenses, that he was kind of a, a wild card in that sense, that everybody else kind of has their structured role and then he just does crazy things and hopefully it creates space, which it largely did in effect, but his first touches were slow or too far from himself. Uh, he had a couple of chances in the box where he just couldn't turn and get his foot on it in time to even get a decent shot off. And it just seemed like he was playing a little bit slow. I'm not 100% sure that that Youngman's son assist to Kyle Walker was the neat pass that everybody thought it was or just another bad touch that happened to work out. Um, but I, I like Son. I like his play style. And he is coming back from injury. But uh, that was kind of the one person on the pitch where... When everybody else was getting the ball, they were creating tremendous opportunities, including Onoma when he came on. But every time Sun got the ball, it seemed like everything was just a little step behind. Uh, and, and some of those balls obviously somewhat misplaced. So anyway, it, it, picking nits and such. But Hume and Sun player that disappointed with Musa Dembele, the player that impressed me most. All right, and with that, we are out of time. So if you have any projects you'd like to plug or want to tell people where to reach you, now would be a good time. Yeah, so thanks for having us on again, Kev. It's always a pleasure. Um, I am on Twitter at Mr. Mark Simpson. Talk mostly about Liverpool Football Club and Fantasy League football. So find us there. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sean Whetstone. You can find me on clarenhugh.info, westhamtillidie.com, which uh, Kevin Safu kindly did the opposition um piece for uh the spurs game and uh got their prediction right well they didn't say 4-1 <laughs> um also you can find me on twitter at west ham football and i'm also going to put a plug for my colleague because it annoys kev the <laughs> arsenal news service for all your arsenal news service if you look at arsenalnewsservice.com uh they're giving news on all things arsenal so you're an arsenal fan you'll love that and it will annoy kev <laughs> Uh, again, that's Arsenal News Service. I'm not sure if Sean mentioned it. Um, uh, you can find me. ArsenalNewsService.com. Don't forget uh, the dot. Right, that's that's the key part. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find my ramblings over at blog.playtaga.com and eaglespeak.com, both of which are in a fantasy context. Uh, also host the FPL Roundtable, which is up on Wednesdays. Our schedule will be a little bit interesting this week. We're going to have to record on Wednesday, as Thursday is Thanksgiving here in the States, but we're probably going to upload it 
uh, at the normal time on Friday morning. But just keep tuned to the, to our Twitter to to keep up to date with when that's all going to happen. But yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, guys, having you on, and we hope you keep listening.